Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Roxy, I'm, I'm stepping it up because we're, you know, we needed comfort at the shock of what this was, but now I'm stepping it up to go to the suit jacket because I feel like we're in it, and it's now going to become the new business as normal for a while. Sean, so, you know that for the first time in a long time, the bigger deal than your outfit is your background. You know that you've been cheating the system. You were, were all aware of what listen, you're trying to do. Anybody who's watched the show before, it, it's very clear the maneuver you're trying to pull right now. So you can distract uh, this with your suit jacket, right. but we all know your game. Could you imagine if I wore the blue jacket with the blue background? Rude. That would have been really rude. Rude. But see, I can't fill your black hole of emotional needs because I have beautiful blue eyes. And this will be a struggle that's actually yours, not mine. Ooh, it's a me problem. Hmm, how millennial of you, in fact. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, guys, I'm, we're also excited because part two of Brandon Trost DP director and we last week we covered DP and this week director so uh we're very excited to have you back thanks Brandon for being here and uh-oh did he, froze? did he hear me oh he was so clear the entire time and then we lost him then we lost him yeah no wait I'm still here can you hear me no. now we're now we're good oh wait now we're now good. I'm back Yes, there and alive. Something strange. It, Hi, it was a little I'm April back. Fool's joke he was playing on there us, uh, but now <laughs> yes. he's back. Sure, it worked. Uh, um, so, hi, uh, hello, welcome back. And as always, we have uh, Miss Phenomenal Roxy Stryer, my co-host. That is me. Uh, I, you know yes. what? Never has it felt so good to be called Miss Phenomenal as during this time of quarantine where I am yes. by myself and nobody calls me any names at all. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will take that uh, as the highlight of my yes. day so far. Run Thank you, with Sean Island. Yes. Run with that. Well, I can't run very far with that, but Don't maybe run up very and down far. the street, just yeah. nowhere public. So uh, we're going to be, this week, we're going to be discussing... Um, Brandon's transition from DP into directing, how that happened, curiosity of how it goes, how, what, you know, how does the one train for that or see it when you're a DP? And uh, then this week, I guess we could talk about the project that you directed me in. Because isn't last week we did the FP, if I'm not correct? Or We talked about that a little, yeah. Uh, but now we'll talk about this one that you directed me in, in a larger scale. But before we do that, we got to uh, do the Sean's week. And I think, uh, I think it's, uh, um, Roxy, the, the Sean's week this week is going to be, the theme is the new normal. So whatever that means to you in your voice, okay. the new normal. Ready? One, two, three. Sean's, Sean's week. week. Wow, we had the same vibe. Yeah. 
the exact same vibe. It was kind of not super excited. No, but we weren't just depressed. This is what it, it is. Just, it just this is it. This, this is, is what it happening. is. I got works. all of that. Now, Brandon, as an art director, I hope you got all the subtleties in that. Oh, I, I picked up on it. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> mm. It was definitely there. It was all there when I just Sean, said. I'm right. pretty sure we both just booked the part for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think we booked yeah. it, yeah, or at least we got a call back. Yeah, for a hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. We're pinned. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this week, a uh, lot more TikTok uh, stuff. Um, having really fun with that. I had my second Quarren Con, where I set up my living room as a as a convention almost. I'm selling all my pictures half off. But what's really weird is I do these lives when I do this. And, you know, I'm reading people's names and I'm saying, how are you? Where are you from and stuff? And all these people are flipping out. And I was like, what are you flipping out about? They go, no one talks to us right. when you do a live. And I go, I don't know what that means. So I went to a bunch of other lives, people, and they're just doing stuff around their house. They're not looking at the people's names. They're not interacting with them. And I thought, how weird. Like, why would you want to do a live if you're not going to chat with people? So I, they very much appreciated that. Um, I also uh, talked to Brandon's brother, Jason, in Australia, and he's working on an independent movie, uh, kind of a redo of this movie that he'd done before, Wet and Reckless, as his character, and he's going to have me reprise a role over Zoom <laughs> or whatever. So that was really cool. Um, you guys remember as of Jason and Talay. I've got a self-tape uh, this afternoon that I'm putting on, doing after this for uh, a TV show. And the fun news is really, uh, I got a new student from this show. She's Ooh, from San tell Francisco. us more, tell us more. She has been listening to this show for two, uh, well, since we've been on, she's listened to Devoured Everyone. She has made her two year plan. She's moving out. She was gonna move down in May, but obviously that got put on hold. Um, she told me her background and we start our first in-person class over zoom tomorrow that's awesome and that's cool and she aud yeah. audition period right now are you auditioning are you doing a lot of self-tapes or is no, there has it been kind no, of dead no, no, no. there's uh, i coached one woman suba you remember suba when she yeah came out? coached her on something late last week and i'm doing uh this is the first one i've gotten since the quarantine started so um, that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, and so that's, you know, kind of slowly ramping up and trying to build my social media presence and having fun shooting and editing stuff and uh, editing a short film that we did right before the quarantine came and uh, actually hooking up with family on Zoom. Like, no re like we never did it before, but we've gotten together twice and had like the funnest we played a game night one night. We just hung out and drank one night. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's so weird. We're like, why does it take a pandemic for us to hang out? Everyone's um, craving that social interaction. It is. I think, yeah, I think that's it too. Uh, and so that's kind of what I've been up to. And we obviously this, and we thank you guys all for being here. And, and we want to keep you involved and in coming back. So Roxy. Sean. All right, fine. Good enough of a transition, I guess. Uh, you guys are seriously amazing at home. And like Sean was talking about with his family during this time, 
wanting to connect and be with people and uh, interact with the people you care about most. We care so much about you guys and we're so lucky that you care about us as well. So if you are watching us during this time, make sure you give us five stars, a thumbs up wherever you are, if that's on Apple Podcasts or if it's here on YouTube, um, then just tell us how you're feeling. Leave a comment. We read them out loud every show. We actually have some people in the live chat right now. So we go live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time on After Buzz's channel on YouTube. And that's the best way to be in the show live. So shout out to Larry Lease, um, who just said that he loves After Buzz TV. Brandon, love your cinematography work. As always, everyone hit that like Shout out to you, Larry, for pimping out our stream and telling yeah. people to hit the like button. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Very um, nice. And also, Weston Ira is in here right now. He wants to know what about having video game actors on to talk about that. So that's definitely a suggestion that we could look that's into for yeah. a future episode. I actually know somebody who would be perfect for that. So uh, I'll be talking to you, put Sean. That in. Yeah, let's put so that in there. Thank you to everybody who watches after the fact, listens after the fact subscribe like write a comment we read everything and we'll give some more shout outs next week awesome thank you so much all right so uh if you have not listened to part one of brandon trust's interview with us go back listen to that um we talked a lot about his um dp work how he got into it just recapping quickly how he met me we met on through his family was his brother and sister were working on a movie back east then they, the three of them are working on a movie together. And that's when I met Brandon called the FP. I highly recommend it. So fun. Um, and then we all became friends after that. And um, Brandon also recapping said that he was always in his family was always doing um, work in the film industry. And he thought he was going to go into special effects like his father, but his dad said, why don't you try DPing? And he enjoyed it and he liked it. And we talked about all that. So go back and listen to that. He's got really great tips for actors and things for us to, to learn and really um, grow from with that information. But now we're transitioning to, you know, Brandon getting into directing. So when I met you, technically, Brandon, you were kind of co-directing the FP anyway, right? I mean, uh, I was, yeah. I mean, J Jason and I were, were directing it together, but I was mm -hmm. shooting it also. So, um, and that, and that was something that Jason and I were, were leaning into for a while. You know, we, that right. wasn't the only thing we had done. We had done like some, some shorts and some sort of like fake movie trailers and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, for a moment we were, you know, kind of trying to brand ourselves as like a, a, a brother directing team. And, right. you know, right at the time we were making the FP is also right around the time my DP career was sort of taken off, you know, in the, in the studio yeah. world. So it was. You know, I, I kept getting that was bigger. Crank and, too, and, right? Wasn't that around Crank Two? Uh, Crank Two was my first studio movie, and then the the yeah. FP Jason and I made directly afterwards. So it was like, okay. um, so right after I made Crank Two, that kind of opened the door into the studio world for shooting. Um, and right. We made the FP in between that. I mean, the FP ultimately took us five years to get finished because it was such a small yeah. movie. Like that was how long it took to get it just to be done and post and favors and everything that we were calling to have it made. But at any, at any rate, it was it was um, it was uh, one of my favorite experiences making the FP and all that. But also yeah. at the same time, it was like I had to I had to work and I had uh, right. uh, you know I had to sort of I had to pay bills. I was, I was taking. I got a little so... Oh, edge of my seat. He was taking what? What was he taking? Wait, what was he taking? Oh uh, wait. Brandon, wait. rewind for us. <laughs> he I says freeze? I was taking. 
And then we paused. Um, I was taking, well, I mean, I was just saying that I was just taking, I was just taking these jobs because, right. you know, one, it was what I wanted as a DP. I mean, I went to school to be a cinematographer, you know, I, right. I didn't necessarily go into it with, with directing in, in mind, you know, I always wanted to make films. I wanted to be a filmmaker. I knew that no matter what, but the, uh, I think even as a kid, I was like in film school thinking, man, like directing is great, but like, there's so much, there's so much responsibility and there's so much just, uh, focus on one thing for such a long time. Whereas if I'm a DP, it's like, I can shoot a movie in a couple months, three months, four months, you know, like I can kind of get in and out of something. Um, and then off onto something else completely different. And so it's like, a, it's like, it's always a palate cleanser. And when With, you're directing something, said, Brandon, can I, can I stop you for a second? I, which something sure. I don't know what, um, do you have, do DPs have any say in post? Like, do you have any, oh, yeah. any well, notes or not, to say? Well, no, not unless you're invited to give them, you know. And that's if, pretty if rare, right? I mean, it depends, you know, like, um, you know, I, I, I know for a fact, like talking to like Seth Rogen at one point after we had made the disaster artists, you know, I, we were just hanging out afterwards after the premiere. He's like, you gave us one of our best notes. And I was like, what was that? And he said, you know, I, I shot so much of that movie to be done in like one take, like almost every scene in that movie we shot with the idea you could just use the master as the one shot for the whole scene. And I think that after I had seen a test screening of it, I said, hey, I, you know, this is great, but I think there's a lot of shots where you really could just hold on some of these scenes and let them play out and get a little more of that sort of like documentarian immediacy out of it. And I guess they yeah. dug in and found some shots that they, they could just hold on to. And a handful yeah. of scenes were tweaked that way. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, you know, how, how true that was ultimately and what they chose, right. but that's what he told me. But that's, that's an example of like having a little bit of influence. I mean, I always have, as a DP, creative control over color. You know, when you, when you, when you come after the movie's been cut together, you go back and do color correction and it's basically like just mashing everything and making sure all the scenes, you know, um, cut together. Well, you can change, you basically can, it's like Photoshop, but for, you know, a movie for every single <laughs> right, film. Right. So you kind of go through it. It takes a long time and that, that, that's part yeah. of the job. Um, but, um, and you're doing that with the editor, you're going through it with the editor. The, uh, not as, not as the DP no, that's typically, done. usually yeah. is the DP, the movie will be, have been edited at that point. The and editor may come by and like have some notes or, you know, want to make sure that it's all kind of going according to plan. And, you know, they want to make sure I'm not like reframing shots or zooming yeah, in okay. digitally and changing stuff that they think is kind of sort of ruin the narrative flow of the film. But I'm usually, I'm usually, if I'm making those kind of adjustments for me, it's just to tell the story better um so what but that's point, but that's on the uh, shooting side yeah so what point did you so it kind of people kind of know my story if they know like I came out here UCLA got a lot of heat quickly I got into a play and it was just kind of too much from Maryland and it, the whole thing was too much there was too much attention like I was getting auditions for studio stuff and and I had just been there a couple months and I was homesick and I just wasn't ready. And so I took a few years off and just, you know, had, went to college at UCLA and had a great time. Then I went back in the Groundlings later. Do you feel like you were saying the responsibility of directing at that time was just too much at that time? Well, if you, just, like if you got was... offered a big studio movie after Crank 2 to direct, was that too soon, do you think? I mean, I would, I mean, I would, have, I would have taken it and then just uh, figured it, out. it and pretended like I knew what I was doing and just go for it yeah. anyway. But I think that might also just be 
uh, sort of, I guess, what I've always done to a certain degree until you sort of right. learn enough along the way to actually support what you're saying. But um, so what but the, point uh, did you what point did you decide, you know, uh, you, it was a few years you shot a lot of stuff that you go, you know, I'd really like to direct something. Well, I mean, it, it had happened with the FP, you know, and, and mm-hmm. making that movie uh, with with my brother, you know, out of, yeah. um, I think at that point I had shot so many independent films and worked so hard on so many different low paying gigs. It was like, man, like, let's just make this stuff ourselves and just make it for us. And that's exactly what we did with the FP. Right. And I guess just to follow up on the other stories, like I started getting all these other jobs that I you know, at the, had, you know, had been building this career to do. And it, and it just carried me into this uh, DP focused career because it was, I was working to work on cool stuff, meet great people. And it was just, uh, it was a good, you know, paying job. I'm like, I'm leaning into this. So I, I did that and kind of just put the directing thing on hold. I mean, Jason and I were trying to keep things going for a while, but the, the truth is I just was too focused in shooting that I, where I could really, uh, yeah. hang, you know, I couldn't like, I, it was, yeah. it wasn't fair to him. It wasn't fair to, yeah. to, to me or us. So it's like, he's been doing, you know, he's making his own films, which are great. And, and he's like a, he's like a genre film machine and yeah. I've been shooting and shooting and shooting and I've loved it. And it's, um, but I, you know, I, I gotta say like along that, along that, along the way, I've also worked with a lot of, uh, I've worked with a lot of first time directors and, and I don't think that that is, and I don't say that as a bad thing. It's always been something yeah. that I've looked forward to and leaned into. I think that like when you work with someone who's doing it for the first time, also you're getting all these, great ideas and, 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 um, and just instincts that might not be the usual thing that you're seeing with film with uh, like more seasoned filmmakers, for example, but you are as a DP being leaned on a little more in terms of how's this going to cut? What's the coverage? What do we need for these scenes? Like, so, yeah, I'll so inadvertently have... you're getting, you're kind of learning more, right? Yeah. I mean, inadvertently, it's like, I'm, I'm knowing that, you know, we've got this scene, but we're going to want a close up that hinges off to this so that it, you know, buttons everything up or it tells right. the story in this way. It's like, I, I, I'm, I'm not the boss of it, but I'm definitely presenting all of these options as we're, right. as we're going through this stuff. Because I'm, as I'm shooting something, I'm wanting to make sure it's editing in my brain, even though I'm not directing the thing, just so that I feel comfortable that we haven't left anything sort of off the table guess, right. as we're putting it together. What we've um, seen from some people in the past is that if they if they go from being a DP to directing their first thing, it kind of is the launch of a directorial career. And often they don't go uh, to DP again. When you were doing the FP, were you thinking that this was going to, is that something you were looking into to see if you wanted to maybe uh, direct and stop DPing? Or did you always know you kind of wanted to dabble in both worlds? Well, you know, um, it's funny. I'm sort of still in a similar position. The, uh, mm-hmm. I, even then it was like, I mean, the, I mean, the FP was, was, was a wonderful experience and it was great, but it's a movie that we made for like 60 grand, you know, right, yeah. and, and like none of us got paid and it took us five years. I mean, when you think about that, that's not like a, like an easy fruitful right. thing necessarily when it comes down to just like living a life and paying bills. And, right, um, right. you know, so I went into, shooting because I was getting these like studio big movie opportunities and I figured man it's like I'm gonna lean into this because I have this opportunity it's like I I you know stumble across this DV, DP career that I'm very happy with and feel yeah. fortunate to have uh, been able to wrangle but um so how did you know, it's the, harder the on the recent, it's harder on the directing side yeah so how did the recent that? directing 
you know, this turn of the last couple of years that that fell into your lap? How did because you had DP I mean, for you had DP'd for Seth Rogen and those guys for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, it really, I mean, fell in my lap is probably the best way to put it, to be honest. I mean, they, <laughs> okay. they, they reached out to me to, to direct a movie. It was this action comedy that ended up trying to go and then fell apart and it didn't happen. And then this movie that, that you and I just did, did happen finally. But I was never promoting myself to them as like a, hey, when are you guys going to throw me a bone and let me direct something? Mm, okay. they, they reached out to me directly and said, hey, we think you should do this, but we think you should direct it. And I was like, wow, awesome. Thank you. That's cool. And yes, I'll do that. I mean, basically, that's how it went down. But they're also really, they're a great company. You know, I mean, it's, it's Seth and Seth and Evan, you know, they have their company Point Grey and they've always promoted within, you know, people right. that I've, since I first started working with them, all of their assistants and people that have worked with them in like smaller tiers, they've promoted and promoted. And now like they're all producers that we're working together and we're all friends. And it's like, they're very like, I don't know. They're like, like, uh, I feel like loyal is the wrong word, but it's like, um, mm-hmm. they, they invest in the people that they, that they believe in, you know? Right. Um, and I think that that's how I got involved. So I, so I was going to do this movie. It didn't really come together quickly. So then they got me in to direct a episode of this TV show, Future Man, that I shot the pilot for uh, with Seth and Evan when they directed. So that was that was my first time directing anything that was like technically studio. It was an episode of TV for a, for sure. a Hulu show out of Sony. And, uh, and that was fun. And we had a good time. And then this other movie was going to happen. We prepped it and it collapsed and fell apart. It's a long story, but this stuff happens. And then yeah. in the ashes of that movie, basically they said, well, we have this other script. We think you should read this and maybe do this one instead. And that became an American Pickle, which is the, uh, the movie yeah. that, I, that I'm still finishing. It's almost done. <laughs> so would you, would um, you recommend, you said I didn't push myself on those guys, right? Would you yeah. recommend somebody who's been DPing a while who wants to direct? What advice would you give them? I mean, you kind of were in a unique situation, a place that it promotes within. It, do you feel it's like out of place to kind of promote yourself that way if they've known somebody for a long time or... I mean, it's I know hard, you. It's hard, and it's hard I know to say. Not your style. I know that it's not. That's style. the thing, you know. So um, I don't know. I mean, I think that if there's something you want, no matter what, you've got to be aggressive about it and work toward it in a way that um, makes sense to you. You know, that's what I wanted for DPing, and and I built a career with that same sort of enthusiasm. And right, you know, I, at this point, I've been shooting for 20 years, which is nuts. But like, yeah. that's the, uh, you know, I, all of that is experience that is pushed into this first directing experience for a feature. And even though technically it's my first like solo time directing a movie, it didn't really feel like I hadn't done it before, you know, right. um, just because I've been so involved with all of these movies from like the ground up. Right. Um, for me, it was just like uh, having to shift gears into the, just the all encompassing. It's like, it's funny. Like you think that, I mean, Shooting, shooting a film is not necessarily easy. You know, it's not like it's a right. lot of responsibility. I mean, kind of like the, just the whole movement and the look and the style and the feeling of the film can fall on your shoulders almost completely at times. And then I, there were times when I was directing where I wished for that little responsibility. Right. You know I'm saying like that, that's right. how detailed and how involved it becomes. Every single, every single thing is a decision. Every single moment, every single, uh, prop or paint color and this and that everything you know casting of course like it's all 
it, it all sort of um, falls onto your shoulders and it, you're to blame if it sucks, you know, like right. that's the thing, like that's, that is a huge responsibility too. You can't let, like, you can't let kind of crush you before you even get into it. Right. Like, as a DP, you're like, well, the script's okay. I know I can make it look good. And if it, if it looks good and kind of turns out well, great. But it's like, if it doesn't, I'm off to the next thing. It doesn't matter. Did the movie look good? Right. Check. Okay, great. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't, if it fails, it's not like my fault. Right. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, um, no. Which is, and which what is would terrifying. You, so when you moved into directing, what was the thing that you felt you didn't know that you were learning? Or did you feel you had, there was anything you didn't know? Um, you know, that you went, oh, I'd never, you know, I, I better learn this, you know, or I didn't really. Sure. I mean, I'd say behind the scenes is something that you don't see as, as much, you know, for me, like, I mean, that's the other thing too. I basically just skipped over doing like a small independent film on my own, jumping into right. just like a medium budget, like full studio movie to do something. So I'm in the middle of that right. whole machine. And that's, that's the, that's uh, the studio world. It's executives, it's all this stuff. And everyone, everyone has like a, you know, a thought or an idea, this, that. And I have to say like, for what it's worth for such an oddball movie as this is, like we had very little, uh, I don't know, kickback and, and, and yeah. we weren't really like forced to do a lot that we didn't agree with necessarily. You know, it was a handful of things, but like for the most part, like I feel like we kind of got out of this fairly clean in terms of coming out with a movie that I'm really, really proud of and really happy right. with ultimately. Yeah. What about, um, what about but navigating that? that is just weird to, you know, just figure that's, out that's right that's new that's much that's a brand new thing i would i would think that something new-ish would be also talking and communicating with the actors was that something that was very different uh that you had to learn going from dping to directing uh yes i would be, but but also no and i think part of that is that i've just been you know in the middle of it all you know on all these movies that i've done as a dp granted i'm not the one who's focused on it in directing but and i've had experience with it on like the FP and stuff like that. I, I mean, for me, it didn't really intimidate me as much. Uh, maybe it's just the way that I approach it too. It's like, I'm not like, I'm not interested in manipulating an actor to get a performance that I want. Right. Uh, what I want is to know that I'm working with a professional who's doing this because they're good at it and know what they're doing. And I say, look, what I'm wanting to see out of this scene and this moment is this. And I mm -hmm. let that actor interpret what that moment is to kind of give back. And I'm hoping that that's getting close to like the, the bullseye that I'm after. Cause ultimately I feel like I'm never going to get exactly what I have in my head. And it's important to not uh, lean into what can, can, what can be just like a, I don't know, a happy accident or a serendipitous gift. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like even when it comes down to casting, it's like a lot of the people that I'm casting in these roles, I feel like sort of, the people kind of encompass the character as like a personality that they have. And then it's kind of like, and then it's like small moves right or left of that for the scene that I'm trying to tell and trying to, right. Or the mood that I'm trying to get. It's like, you know, like, like, like Sean, you, for example, for example, I thought you were perfect as the scientist character. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. You know, um, and, but it's also cause I know you. So I have yeah. that as a, uh, as an insight in terms of it being, uh, a perfect fit, but it really like I think it like suited your sensibilities really well. Not to say that you can only do a, a doctor, but I just like had a gut feeling that that was right, and it right. just was. And I think that that's kind of 
how I leaned into just the casting process. It's like, well, you, you sound like feels right. I mean, it's kind of like the philosophy of a Woody Allen or a Clint Eastwood or, you know, somebody who goes, you just cast the right people. Yeah. Sidney Pollack, you know, would do the same thing. The only time he said he worked really hard is when he would put like Tom Cruise in it, you know? Yeah. And, and then he said, I have to, because there's a famous story of Gene Hackman on the firm going like, you're not talking to me, dude. You're not even like, I've been dying to work for you for so long and we're not talking that much. Or he goes, dude, I just need to make you comfortable and because you're fine. He goes, but I have to turn a movie star into an actor. So that's why, that's why, you know? And yeah. what was supposedly great about that, Tom Cruise was way up for it to go, no, do it, you know? Uh, and oh, that's and awesome. it feels like that's what you did. And that's what you did to me when I worked with you. It wasn't like you were super worried about what I was doing or anything. You just kind of knew like you, but he knows me and seen my range and seen every, you've seen me do drama and everything. Yeah. I did drama and Rob's thing. And, and, and uh, that you just, I think that's a lot of directing too, is just casting the right people. Right. And that's your philosophy. I think it's casting the right people. I think it's also important to make people feel comfortable. You know, yeah. I, I think nothing kind of, I, 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 I've seen nerves ruin performances and stuff like mm -hmm. that too. I think that, I think it's, you know, I try to kind of, I try to cultivate a set that's as, I don't know, stress-free as possible. Like I, I want it to be sort of uh, relaxed and easy, but like just focused on what the task is at hand, if that makes sense. You know, it's like, yeah. Um, well, not to catastrophe. No, no, no one likes working in a shitty environment. And I think that trying to like make it feel like this comfortable, inclusive thing really brings out the best in everybody. You yeah. Did, um, I want to step back for a second because you did mention Future Man earlier. And I know that there, like I talked about before, there's a lot of people who watch the show that are trying to figure out which area of the arts they should go into and what best suits their personality or, or just the path they want to take. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between, between directing a pilot and directing a feature um, and, and how you feel those uh, played out? Sure. Well, I, um, let's see. I, well, I didn't direct the pilot. I just, I did an, I did an episode. Oh, sorry. An episode. So, an episode. No, it's okay. I, I, so I shot, I shot the pilot, but the, oh. um, Oh, you DP. I mean, you DP okay. the pilot. Got I DP'd okay. the pilot, directed an episode of the of TV, and I gotta say, yeah. like, directing an episode of TV versus feature to me, a feature like directing an episode of TV felt more like I was shooting a movie. Weirdly, if that makes really? sense, it was like so cool because so much falls on like the, the director like steps into. A machine that already works you know right. you, the writers are on board the show i mean the showrunner is really the director like that's the person who's really making the whole series i've always yeah. heard like, they always said like tv is the writer's medium and yes. movies are the director's medium it, it, it's absolutely true and i mm -hmm. got to experience that firsthand so i was very um i was very happy with it and i was and i loved the process and i would love to do it again um but it was interesting just to kind of like uh i don't know i guess sort of box up what I'm ex what I'm expecting of that experience versus shooting on a movie if that makes sense like I know I know how to like yeah. how to, how to uh, approach that now um yeah but it's interesting it's like I, I mean I loved it but in, and you're still directing actors you're still involved in casting and all that stuff but it's like you know if there's something that is not clicking well with a showrunner they're gonna tell you and they're gonna ask and you're gonna do, do another take based on their note and you're gonna interpret it in the way right. that you think is gonna get that out of the 
out of the out of the actor and it's like but it was still fun and great you know it's faster yeah. there's not a lot of time it's really stressful i don't know but <laughs> it was like yeah. um it's it's a lot of uh it is a lot of hard work uh tv and mm -hmm. um, because it's know, such I, a fast-moving train right it really is it's just uh there's no time you don't have time for there's no time for anything you don't have time for editing either i mean it's like you get a couple days to edit something as a director and it's like well i hope it's good see you later and then like yeah. you know, ultimately it's going to be touched well, by everybody else later anyway john, john ham um, did it behind the actor studio and a student said can you tell us about the rehearsal process on your show and he's like what rehearsal process he goes this is a train that you're literally trying to stay on he goes most of your actor homework on television is not done on the set you're doing yeah. a lot of that stuff at home and and doing that stuff bringing it in tweaking it you know but you've been on the show for a while so you kind of know but he goes there's not a rehearsal process in tv he goes it's a train that's just moving you know yeah and you got to come in fully prepared. That's like soap operas. When I did soap operas, it was like, oh, you can time. be great like, on a soap opera if, if you want to. You better have your, you don't, you you better have an idea for, as a director, you better have an, have an idea on a TV show for what your blocking is going to be for the scene before you walk in there too, because everyone's going to walk in and look at, okay, are we, what are we doing? And you have to like at least have an idea of where everyone's going to go immediately. It's not just like rehearsing and then figuring it out with the actors and then seeing where you want to go yeah. and letting it naturally kind of bring you somewhere. It's like, you stand here, you go here, you do that, this happens there. And then if you watch it and everyone's cool with it, that's what you do like that. And yeah. you just have to have yeah. it mapped out so fast. Um, yeah. There's, yeah. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of room, not a lot of room for discovery, I guess you can say. Maybe yeah. That's, that's exactly what you were just saying. But um, well, as a, as a director, what would you say, what advice would you give to actors starting out? You know, if you had anything to give to actors, we have a lot of actors who are starting out on this show or trying to start out or trying to maintain, you know, you've worked with, big people on a lot of different projects you know what would you, you know, say is something that you could say to them you know this this is something that i've seen across the board that really is good and maybe something that's not that good i feel like and it's interesting because i have seen it throughout a lot of different like budget range and types of um films and tv i think staying uh open-minded and flexible is like uh, something that's okay. incredibly helpful. You know, it's like, while I do think that oftentimes anyone's first instinct is almost usually the right one, um, mm -hmm. I think it's important to fall back to, well, maybe that's also not the right thing and I can take notes. You know, I, I've seen people not necessarily take a note and, and really go with that in a way that's like constructive. I think I've seen people take notes in a way where it's like, well, they didn't like what I'm doing. So they think I'm not doing this right. It's like, no, it's like people are watching something specific that they're trying to shift like a degree this right. way or that way, you know, like it has nothing take to do the ego with the out of that it. You've done is wrong. Yeah. That's just it. It's like, you know, it's, it's like you can work with, with every time I've worked with like a big actor who has that kind of philosophy, I'm always impressed. It's like, Oh wow. Like basically the director just said, you, you know, didn't, didn't say you're doing it wrong doing it like this said, you know, this is great, but let's try it more this direction. It's like, oh, because we really want it to go here later. It's like, okay, that makes sense. And then they do it, it's another take. And it's like, it's all making it better because the director is the one who's got every single scene of the movie um, thought over and raked through and knows how one's going to connect to the next one. I think he just like, I don't know. Don't I don't, personalize I don't it. Don't personalize it and be willing to trust. You know, I, I think you just have to, you, you have to sort of let, certain things go um and, and in terms of like the i guess it is the, the ego but like 
it's just it's really helpful just to be as helpful as possible right. <laughs> ultimately you know, I always say um, I always say your job is to make your whoever's in charge whatever their job is easier. So if you're yeah. working for a director, make the director's job easier, not harder, easier. And it's like if you're not getting a note in between a, a, a take, you know, I would just assume you're doing it right, and they're doing another take for something else that you might not be paying attention to that's behind you that's not working or something like that. You know, right. who knows? Or it, right. it, and I think like you were saying about not getting too much direction as well. I also don't necessarily think is a bad thing because I think that if something's if something's working, it's working. And you know, but you wouldn't be offended. I, th I think you can like, be a no news is good news sort of situation. Yeah. <laughs> but if you wouldn't you be know. offended if, like, say, you know, I was working with you, and you weren't saying much to me for a while, but I just went by. Uh, you get everything you want, and you went sure. Oh no, like, that's, that's fine. not that's totally not offensive fine. or like too much, right? So so you don't have to not be. At all. You don't have to like cower and wonder and pace. Just go, everything good? You liking what you're saying? Great. But it's the way you say it. That's the thing is if you, you're liking it, right? I mean, you're, you're not, you know, that's troublesome. But if you just go, hey man, you're liking everything you're saying? Cool. Yeah, I think, and I think, I think yeah, as a director, encouragement, like really just, um, it does so much <laughs> for 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 so many people across the board you know not just actors but everyone who's involved in making the movie and i think that it's you know it's just focus on what's right too yeah exactly um and there's just there's a lot i guess in terms of just uh, for an actor like there's a lot going on that is not just you and your performance right. but at the same time the, it, without the performance we're not going to have the movie so it's like it's right. this it's this it's this balancing act that you have to kind of like navigate in a way. Um, what would you do know. if someone? I don't know if like, that answers the question or not. But. No, it does. <laughs> I think it, it does. really does. My there's another thing is I remember what Wes Craven did. Like I had to do this dying scene, and uh, so many people just don't understand our process. So I knew that I wanted to be heroic. Roach's dying scene, you know, and he's heroic but he's also sad and hurt and that he's going to die. Uh, so I was preparing, like went in the corner and stuff and was getting, you know, getting emotional. Into the, and Wes kind of stood like, cause there was some makeup girl who went and came over and goes, Hey, Sean, are you all right? And he goes, he's working. He's fine. Like you would understand an actor's process or if they said right before a shoot, if they said, Hey, can you give me 10 seconds? You know, when everything's yeah, right. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, yeah. and that's, um, that's all part of it too. You know, it's definitely like, uh, it, we're there to support each other ultimately. And, right. um, uh, right. ultimately the director's trying to make, uh, whatever the film is the best it can be and they can't do it alone. <laughs> so it's, it's just like trying to, it's just trying to steer the ship toward the same point, I guess. Well, that's funny because that, that is it's, what a produ TV producer said to me when I was doing a side gig. You remember my side gig and I was like, oh, people are going to see me and think I'm terrible. And he goes, can I just tell you this? And this is for all actors. And I might've said on the show, he said, there is no producer, director, or TV person that thinks about you as much as you think they think about you. They have way too much to think about. They just don't. They don't have the time to, to think, you know, oh, he messed up that whole, that little line. The scene is ruined. They just don't. They, yeah. they go, fine. Could have been a little better, but no big deal. 
It's, I mean, it's, it's the same. I mean, it's the same for everyone who's uh, it works in any kind of creative process. I think you know, it's like, oh, if I would have done this little thing, it could have been a little bit better. I mean, even as a DP, it's like there's so many scenes where I'm like, ah, I could have spent ten more minutes on this, and it would have looked like this much better. But who who notices? Nobody except for me. You know, it's like right. It's, that, it's right. like I don't know. I, I think it's important to not beat yourself up over not acquiring what you considered perfection to be because yeah. It's, um, it's just you know it's just uh i think it could just chew away at you in a way that right. isn't gonna, gonna like serve anything well i mean to me the we kind of already talked about our set and how we worked it was very chill on the movie we did i had all my scenes with seth rogan um i know that like there was talk of a smaller caliber actor but i was like man they would have freaked out if you're standing right in front of Seth Rogen I mean it was just me and him like and and because I'd been seasoned and stuff like that was fine you know what I mean like I knew that and I remember Brandon was like cool man you knew how to you know it didn't throw you it wasn't weird and we were super chill together you know and and, oh yeah I mean you you invented a whole like uh scientific backstory for how he got brined for 100 years which you ultimately didn't uh keep a lot of but it was it's wonderful. <laughs> well, yeah, I can't. Um, you asked me for some notes to bring in, and I brought in like six pages because I go, yeah. why, why not? You know, and you and Gabe brought them to you and let you choose. That's what I did for Drew Barrymore and Never Been Kissed and Wes. And you know what I mean? Like you bring in too much, and then they go, well, no, we just need this. You go, great. But at least I'm trying to make your job easier and much easier for you. And to it did. It was, it was great. And I say that it's too, easier like, for you, you know, to I had... choose things than have nothing, you know. Oh, it is, and um, and I'm I know that there's a part we use where you are going on with what you had um, written yourself. Um, yeah. It's like you can't hear it because there's VO over it, but it looks it, it feels great. It feels right. Yeah, it was really it's funny. Fun. Like you know, I, and I was I was happy that we got to bring you in as well. You know, as a director too, it's like you're you're so you're juggling like the budget of your movie, and it's like you can only bring in so many like. Yeah. actors from out of town versus day players that are local because we shot in Pittsburgh and it's like you know while there were talented actors in Pittsburgh you know I knew that like you would be perfect for this role so it was right. something that I like lobbied for hard and yeah. ultimately got it and the scene's the funniest scene in the movie it is like that actually is the biggest laugh yeah. in the movie I think Woo, yeah. well it's yeah. pretty good that, well it's the, it's it's the joke. It's not me. It's, it's, the, it's joke. the joke. It's a very good joke. It is. It's a very good <laughs> but, joke. So don't give me all you, the credit. You, you support it well. <laughs> well, that, and you and I will pay you the same alcohol. Like you, you kept me super relaxed. It wasn't like, it wasn't like it, it would have been hard if I walked in and went, "Oh, who is this Brandon? I've never seen this Brandon before. I've always seen chill and relaxed." And you know, you were the same as always. And I'd be freaked out <laughs> if you were panicking and running around and. You know, we were me and you the way we've always been, and so it was fine. It was just we happened to be yeah. on this movie together. So, I mean, what I was I, definitely I was definitely panicking, but I was right. But you like this. you hid it from me. It's that old waiter thing. It's yes. like don't don't it panic is. in front of the customers. Panic in the kitchen, <laughs> but don't panic in front of the customers. But no, it was great. It was so relaxed. It was so fun. And and listen for all you aspiring directors or actors. You know, you'll find I worked with. I tell the story. Clint Eastwood. And then three months later, I worked with a brand new director who was super passionate and just in my face, but never, uh, ne- uh, Tony Valenzuela, I want to do him a shout out to this movie, Velisca. He was so passionate in my face and really trying to get stuff from, 
and it was awesome too. Like it was completely different. Wes, uh, not Wes, um, uh, Clint was like, yeah, you're good. And all I, you know, I made Clint laugh behind the camera one time as an improv and I was like, okay, now I can die happy. Uh, <laughs> but he was very hands off, but the other guy was super passionate. Neither one was bad. I think it was more that, you know, one had been doing it for 60 years and one was his first feature, but they were caring and passionate and made me feel comfortable on the passionate side because he really wanted this thing to be good and he was super psyched that he could play with me in a way. So, you know, this is what I'm saying to you actors, don't look for the good in it, see what they're trying to do. And what Brandon said today to all of us was look at the big picture, big picture, you know? Look at the big picture and know that you are part of a big picture. So don't take the ego, don't get all spazzed out and stuff like that. So. Uh, Great stuff, dude. Really good. Really helpful, I think, for all of us to hear. Roxy, any final thoughts? Just you shout out uh, to the people in the chat who are, are loving having Brandon here. Uh, yeah. Gavin said, a director that understands actors and their role in production. Fantastic. Uh, Weston Ira was talking about your level of communication, which seems great. Uh, Glenn Caesar in here as well. They just it, It's an interesting conversation for people who are uh, possibly looking at getting into the arts or also people who just enjoy movies and television in general to know what's going on behind the scenes. So thank you, Brandon, for being with us today. Yeah, thank you so oh, much. Awesome. And, no uh, problem. Thank you. Where can we find you again, Brandon? Oh, on uh, Twitter, uh, B underscore T-R-O. Beatro. Right. It's, it's a FP Beatro. character. It's a reference. It is. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Miss Phenomenal? I'm everywhere at Roxy Stryer. And I am uh, everywhere at Sean Whalen Actor, except for TikTok. It's Sean Whalen 19. As always, thank you for letting me be part of your journey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.